So, um, yeah, well, that, I think it's been a really important discussion of, of COVID-19 and how it's um, impacted uh, your community. Um, but of course, um, in addition to the virus, uh, recent human-caused events have also impacted many people in the Twin Cities. Um, I want to first ask, how have you two personally been impacted by the murder of George Floyd and subsequent incidents of police violence? Um, and how have you related to um, the resulting discussions and protests about racism in this country? I think uh, uh, I think it it had an impact. Being a black person or being a, uh, from from Africa, and uh, when it, this is the country, a safe country. When you came in United States, people they say you are going to a safe country, mm -hmm. and uh, seeing also a person who is wearing the the government uh, clothes, a policeman mm -hmm. uh, doing such action, such action, it was uh, some somehow it had a big uh, 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 impact for black community, especially mm -hmm. for us uh, refugees, because uh, is we are trusting police to do mm -hmm. good things, but seeing the police killing uh, 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 a black person, even if he was inno doing, he was, he wasn't not innocent, but mm -hmm. killing another uh, black person, I think it had a big uh, uh, impact mm -hmm. for the, the, our community. There was a lot of questions, uh, and uh, some of them, some of those who went already to school here, uh, they come with uh, some uh, thinking about the back days where black were, were slavery here in this country. Mm. Uh, yes, but I, I believe uh, the government is working uh, on and to to make sure that uh, when you are arrested, and we, we do this also, we educate our people. When we are arrested with the police or uh, make sure that the police is there to, to secure you or to, to, to help you. Yes, mm. yeah. So it's kind of education also to which we are teaching our community also, mm. yes. So that there may be, there should be relationship between the, the refugees, our community, or refugees uh, uh, with the police uh, mm -hmm. department, yes. Mm. Yeah, uh, and also to add on that, uh, on the question is that, um, as Juma already stated that, you know, the, the George Floyd's uh, killing was, was a big shock for a lot of people. It was, you know, um, we received call because this was an event that was that went pretty viral actually um, throughout the world, and we had calls from other people, from family members, after they started seeing what was going on in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Minnesota in general. Uh, they started calling, like, are you guys okay? Are you guys safe? You know, is everything okay over there? And other people, maybe, there were people who started even suggesting that, you know, maybe you guys should move from that state mm -hmm. or that place because, you know, if they started killing black people, and there were a lot of stories that were created around that uh, George Floyd uh, story. Um, uh, people started saying, okay, like, refugees. I've heard people mm -hmm. say that, oh, they say that now they are going after after black black people. So you know maybe you should not we should not get outside because if mm -hmm. they see us they will kill us. So, so because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people did not understand what was going on. So mm -hmm. it also brought on top of the COVID nineteen, the George mm -hmm. Floyd story mm -hmm. also brought a lot of fear in mm -hmm. in our, in our people. Um, and personally. I'll say even though um, I've been here for a while, but still, uh, I was also kind of uh, 
uh, shocked by mm-hmm. by the whole situation as well. Um, because I remember I have had ex- experiences that will probably end up to uh, almost like to what happened to George Floyd. Mm-hmm. You mean with police? I, I, personally, with police. Yeah. Um, I remember one day I was going to, I was driving, it was after work actually, mm-hmm. when I was working uh, uh, in Minneapolis and I was still living in Brooklyn Center. I remember uh, I was driving to Juma's place mm-hmm. uh, at night because I end my work at 11. So I was driving to Juma's place over here in St. Paul to come pick up my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was myself and my myself and my wife in the car. So we were coming to to over to his house to pick up our daughter. And what happened was the police on Maryland and White Bear right there, on mm-hmm. just right there, the police, you know, was coming on the opposite side of, uh, you know, of the street. And as soon as I passed the, the light, that guy turned around and started mm-hmm. following me. And I'm like, okay, why is this guy? And he turned on the, the police siren and the lights. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why did I just do yeah. wrong here, you know? Because he almost hit me, actually. Oh. The police almost hit me when he was coming. And I, I, I kind of uh, tried to, to turn my car to mm-hmm. go away from him. Mm-hmm. And I think he saw that. And he turned around and started following me. Mm-hmm. And then I went and parked. So I drove like two, two blocks. And then okay, I'm like, okay, I think this guy is coming after me. So I pulled over. I turned around and pulled over. And these guys, two police officers, they came with guns drawn, really? honestly, with gun drawn mm-hmm. at me. And they're like, get out, get out, get out of the car. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, because I was working security at the time and I had my uniform. I still had my, mm-hmm. my work uniform on. And they came and <laughs> started searching me. I'm like, but what did I do? What, what's going on? So, so I have had similar situation like that, not mm-hmm. once, twice, actually. Twice. And another one was in Minneapolis mm-hmm. in front of my house. This things like that happen. Yeah. So when you see things like that happening to to other black people, and knowing that yourself you are a black person, it brings a lot of fear. And it's like every day you have to live in fear. Like okay, yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen when I get on the road. Maybe I'll be pulled over, and the end, you know, the end story you really don't know uh, because just because you are black, and as a black person as well having kids here in the United States, it's also fearful because you really don't know what's going to happen to those kids. So to us, stories like that, that story like George Floyd, he really hit, mm. you know, at home because um, between me and George Floyd, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. The way that uh, a white person will look at, they won't even think that I'm from different place or maybe, let's say, because they of the stereotypes that has been placed on African-Americans, uh, they'll just, we are all, we are all considered African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the police sees me, they won't even think about, okay, maybe this guy comes from this place. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe they won't, like, it's not like I'll be saved from those stereotypes mm-hmm. that they have placed upon uh, mm-hmm. our, our brothers and sisters of African, uh, African-Americans. They'll just they'll include all of us in the same boat, right? So to me, I'm not, when something like that happened to any, to any black person, it's, it's, uh, it really hits pretty hard to me as well so because i'm part of that uh that uh community as well and uh 
anything can happen to all of us or to, if not me, I'm worried about my kids. Mm -hmm. What will happen to my kids when they grow up and when they start going uh, maybe to school and, you know, maybe they will just be stopped. So you, you always live with those thoughts and fear almost every day. And the George Floyd story really uh, added, I think even added more uh, more fear in our hearts because, you know, because it was a very uh, dramatic event. Right. So, yeah. And the neighborhood also that George Floyd was killed, I was very familiar with it. That's, I grew up around that area. I told you I went to South High School. So it's where I grew up at is not far from there. Right. I even had a business that at that building where they killed him, the same building, I had a store there oh, really? you know, in 2008, you know. So when I saw the place, I was like, oh, what? This is... So I know pretty well that even the Cuffwoods mm. store, those people that work there, I know them. Uh, so it's it, to me, it was more like, this is, uh, you know, what's going on here? You know, so, yeah, so as I said, uh, that story, the George Floyd story brought a lot of fear in, in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can imagine how much fear it even brought to those who are new to the country mm-hmm. and they have black young kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in their houses. They even told them maybe even don't even if they were school that time I think they wouldn't even let their kids to go to mm. school because you know uh, uh, how can we trust these people like mm. these white people that was the thing and people say that like we can't trust these white people because they don't like us they don't want mm. us to be here so yes that's mm. that's some of the things that happened in mm. our community. And, um, you're talking about the new arrivals. And yes, that brings to me the question. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, this was not the first. Um, uh, a similar racist incident in the United States, and so when you first arrived, mm-hmm. um, were you uh, were you expecting uh, to face um, police violence or racism here in the United States? No, uh, no. we were not expecting to get uh, police uh, brutality or mm. racist. Uh, we were uh, we were not at all. We were thinking police would be there to guide us and to protect us. Mm. I remember the time I. Uh, the time I arrived here, we had uh, education from the police also department uh, in 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 North Dakota. They come and teach us how mm. uh, to live here. So when I saw a George Floyd event, uh, I didn't expect uh, USA can uh, can can think things can, like that can still happen uh, mm. in our days. Yes, as Kilo said also, yeah, it had a big impact for those who came from the camp. And they were still new here in this country, and not only here, not only here in in, in USA, yeah, sure. mm-hmm. even back home, because mm-hmm. it was people were watching all over in the world, mm-hmm. and they, they start questioning, "Are you okay? Are, uh, can you leave the country?" You mm-hmm. see, so there was a lot of questions from 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 mm-hmm. other 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 places, yes, and it's still also people still uh, thinking that uh, when you are approached with the police or a white person, maybe mm. you, may, you may be uh, in the wrong place, or uh, you need to be careful when mm. you, you, you are in those And, and to add on that, I, had, I have a family that, um, there's a family that had a very, the neighbor is not very friendly, it's a oh. white guy. Mm. Uh, is, since the, the first day they moved there, it's a new family in the state. Mm. Uh, since the first day they moved there, the neighbor has never been uh, very like friendly mm. to them. And this, the George Floyd <laughs> situation happened. 
that alone, like they were like, okay, maybe we should leave this place because our next door neighbor, first of all, we know it doesn't like doesn't like us, doesn't like seeing us outside. Uh, even when kids play outside, he doesn't like that. Even though if they're not in his mm -hmm. yard, but he still doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. So that that too brought even more fear, added more fear to to them because now they started looking at every white person as as a bad person not just not just the police they started seeing like white people white people don't like black people period mm -hmm. that's how it was looked at by a lot of uh, refugees yeah um and so uh, uh this kind of makes me think about um your uh, juma since you lived in south africa yes um, that's mm -hmm. a country that of course also struggles a lot with with racism mm -hmm. um do you want to talk a little bit about um uh, whether you ever um encountered that uh, uh, similar racism in South Africa or how it's different between South Africa and the United States? Uh, yes, uh, there is a bit different because um, the racism in uh, they call uh, xenophobic in South Africa oh. because because it's between uh, uh, black against uh, black. Mm. Yes, and um, I think the reason for South African to be uh, xenophobic for some of them is because of the uh, work, yes, work mm -hmm. issues. As I said uh, in in beginning that there is um, thousands of thousand people flowing from other countries coming to South Africa, mm -hmm. and the South Africans themselves, most of them, uh, since because they get independent in two thousand uh, nineteen ninety four, and uh, some of them they didn't have formal educations. So when you came with a degree from other country, so uh, there was this infighting between uh, mm -hmm. refugees and uh, South Africans. So that is different because here is white to black, mm -hmm. but South Africa is black uh, against uh, black. Yes, and I did count a lot of them. I was I remember one day I was going to work and uh, I end up uh, targeting with a. Uh, a group of mob, and I was, was, uh, stabbed, right? I was yes, By a knife. I was stepped really? with, yeah, I was stepped a knife, uh, yeah. But uh, it it was during winter. I had a lot of uh, jacket, uh, yeah. I had some blood, huh. uh, but I was luckily uh, mm. not being uh, died. Mm. Yes, yeah. and so when I asked about South Africa, um, I was actually thinking about. Um, you know, uh, uh, relations between between white South Africans and black South Africans, but it's so interesting. You're you're pointing out a, a comparison mm -hmm. to the to the xenophobia of of the South African population against yeah. refugees. But but uh, did you also have uh, or how were you, how were your interactions with white South Africans if you had them? There is, uh, yeah, South African and uh, uh, black South African. They still that kind of uh, attention, attention mm -hmm. racism. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there is uh, when you are sometimes, and I see this also even here in America, mm. when you are a, a, a refugee in when in South Africa, mm. uh, a white community sometimes uh, tend to treat you better than the, better than the, the, the native, the native South, South Africans. Mm. Uh, yes, and uh, this also being that uh, that fighting also seeing oh. You came from that country, mm -hmm. and these people they treat you well. They give you job. They give you mm -hmm. uh, many things. Mm -hmm. Is how they they, they think, mm -hmm. and this create as attention. And I think also here also I, I remember I was working in in a, in, a, in a Minneapolis. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, when I was working in Minneapolis, we had also uh, our brothers black also. Mm -hmm. They were thinking maybe uh, uh, I'm well treated. 
we feel mm. white here than the way they, they, they are being treated. So uh, sometimes is how people they take and their perception, how they get things, oh. yes. But they still, in South Africa, they still uh, many racist between black and white mm. people, yes. Because uh, it's, western, it's western in South Africa because uh, there is areas, some areas you found only black people. Mm. And areas only you found white, uh, white people. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are black, uh, you can't sometimes uh, pass through, pass through in that area. You see, if you pass in that area, sometimes you'll be you have you will be questioned. Mm. You see, but if you are a white person walking with fear, and as a black person, yes, they have been come again at uh, that question. That black person may not be a South African. May become mm. another seat, uh, another country. That why he feel more comfortable, mm -hmm. yes. So you mentioned um, uh, sometimes um, uh, there can be a tension between African-Americans uh, who, who have lived here their whole lives and then arriving refugees from Africa. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel uh, like recent events have changed that relationship? Uh, uh, I, I think uh, I, I only experienced once. But I remember one day I was uh, I was at home. Kilo found me. He was in Minneapolis. Said, "Oh, I'm in this area. I don't know which restaurant where he was. Mm -hmm. I think Kilo can talk this." And but we I always tell that uh, my, my brothers and uh, black uh, black guy that no, mm -hmm. we are all the same people. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, we are not uh, better for. We, we are not go doing good for white people mm -hmm. and we are not doing good for uh, you black people. We are all the same people. White are the are same like us and uh, black us are, are, are same like us. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Yeah. Um, you know, there is... I would say that if this situation that came has changed, I think that was the question, if he has changed mm -hmm. the, the relationship between maybe our brothers... Uh, African American from the U.S. and and us Africans, mm -hmm. um, I I'm not so sure about that. If you know to which level he has really changed, mm -hmm. but just like how general like American on the mainstream Americans think of of black of uh, of refugees, to me I think it's just the fear of resource sharing that's what it is like mm -hmm. people are worried about sharing the resources mm -hmm. that they have and the privileges that they have mm -hmm. uh, just like white people are afraid of of uh, sharing their resources and the privilege because mm -hmm. to just to be a white person mm -hmm. that's a privilege a big one even though whether you agree or not whether you 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 believe so or not mm -hmm. but it is a privilege to just to be a white person and i always tell people that um even in Africa, right? And that's why people thought, like, me, people who come here would not ever think that white people would do something bad to black people because white people, when they go to Africa, and I know you have been in Africa, Matthew, you have been in Africa, and I don't know if... I think probably a lot of people were happy to see you and they were more welcoming to you. They were more like hospi hospitality was probably was the main thing, you know, when you were there. Mm -hmm. But when people come here, so people expect like the way they receive 
um, white people in Africa, the way they treat them over there mm -hmm. will probably be the same way that those white people also treat mm -hmm. them when they are here. Mm -hmm. But that's a different, it's a different course, story right. and it's very different. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when a lot of people come, a lot of white people, they don't even want to be close to them. Like mm -hmm. they don't want to talk to them. They, they don't even want them here, mm -hmm. you know. And it's, it's, it's always because of that, uh, you know, People are always looking or seeking for power. People want the mm -hmm. what the resources to just be their own. Um, it's the same thing between the Africans who are coming from Africa and the African Americans. Just like what Juma was saying, like uh, South Africans are fighting against other Africans from different countries in Africa because of that resource sharing. Like, okay, now these people are here. These people maybe they are more educated than us, and a lot of Africans who come from Africa. Honestly speaking, they they are they come here with 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 vision, with goals mm -hmm. and a drive. They want to better their lives. Mm -hmm. And when they come here, they they want to go to school. They want to make sure that they get the education so that they can thrive and 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 and, and survive in this country. Uh, and our fellow brothers are fearful of that. Like, okay, these people now, they are here, they take any job. They want to, because when a refugee, when you are a refugee, you have no choice, especially when you don't know any English. Whatever job that they're going to give you, you want to work so, because you want to be able to provide for your family. You don't want to be kicked out because you don't know where you're going to go after you're kicked out of the house. Mm -hmm. So you take any job. And it's things like this that make other People will be like, okay, why are these people like they they are ready to do anything? They want to work anywhere, mm -hmm. you know. So that resource sharing is a big issue that I think all these communities, mm -hmm. whatever chaos that we have, that whatever situation that we have in the community between uh, communities, it's it's just because of that. And I think there need to be a dialogue between all these communities. Like uh, people have to know that. Uh, we are here, uh, or if refugees are here, they are here to, of course, they want to better their life, just like anybody will want to better their life or they will want to provide for their families. And we are not here, to, we are not enemies. We are all human beings. And all human beings, this is not back in the days where people want to, like, okay, people come from a different place uh, to go conquer another place. We are not trying to conquer the place. We want to make sure that we have, mm -hmm. uh, we create a life where also for our children and grandchildren also can have a better a better life. Mm -hmm. That's how people should look at this. And we are all human beings, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just like how you can struggle, that's how I can struggle. So let's just work as, as, as a community, as a people, and as a, as a nation together to move, you know, the communities forward. Thank you. That's a really powerful um, um, explanation. Um, I really, um, I think uh, what you said about, about, um, people expecting um, or, or needing a certain level of welcome that they're not receiving when they come here. Mm -hmm. I think that really goes to the heart of our podcast because, as we said last time, um, the title, Karibuni, uh, mm -hmm. means welcome or you are yes. welcome yes. in Minnesota. Um, yes. And so um, I think a question that is relevant to all of our listeners, whether they're white or anything else, mm -hmm. is, is how can people better welcome because a lot of people just don't know much about refugees. Right. So right, how can right. how can people um, you know uh, who, who don't know how where would where where should one begin if they want to if they want to play a part in welcoming people and giving them that welcome that they might expect or need? If you don't know, if you you are sure that you don't know about refugees, uh, it's better to start reaching out to maybe these resettlement agencies 
all of these resettlement agencies are, are run by um, the mainstream community. All of them are run by the mainstream community. Uh, white people are running these agencies. So I think it does not hurt for you who want to know more about refugees to reach out to those agencies and ask them about like how they can you can probably meet with refugees, talk to them, learn about their experiences, and know deeply what, why they are here. That's, I think that's a first step that can be taken, or if you don't know, also you can yourself. You can also reach to uh, communities that are working with refugees as well, like ourselves. Uh, come to us if you want to learn about Congolese community uh, or the refugee the refugee experience in general. Reach out to us and let's sit down. Let's talk about these mm-hmm. things. That way, you know, I think steps like those will lead to a better uh, to a better understanding for them and also will bring harmony uh, between the mainstream community mm-hmm. and the fear that refugees have or will also be reduced because mm-hmm. it's just a lack of understanding between both both mm-hmm. uh, parties, you know, uh, the mainstream community and the refugees. It's just a lack of understanding because there's no open communication between the right. two. So, and we need those discussions. Um. We are open, as I said, uh, we are in St. Paul, Voice in the Wellness Office. If someone wants to learn more about the community, about the culture, about the food, about uh, 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 where geographically where the Congo it is, is welcome to come to us and mm-hmm. uh, he will get more education. Uh, not beside only uh, Congolese, other refugees are, uh, are, who are here mm-hmm. in Minnesota. You can approach them, Minnesota community, uh, Somalia community, you, mm. you can learn a lot of, yeah, mm. yeah. And beside of that also, I may say also, yes, uh, we, are hop- we are hoping also to start a program, as if God willing, uh, to open our English program, if someone is willing uh, to help in teaching volunteers, they are welcome also. Yeah. So yeah, so if you want to volunteer, uh, donate, or, or connect with uh, Kilo and Juma, the website for that is voiceinthew.org, and the phone number is 612-227-5871. Thank you, Kilo, thank you, Juma, and thank you so much for listening to Kariboni, Minnesota. Thank you. Kariboni, Minnesota is made possible by the Davis Project's Research Foundation. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew.